get this damn media part in here. Okay, up oh, th there it is. All right, kids, it's it, pi pipe down now. Uh, Mr. O'Brien is gone. He's on vacation. He's sorting out something with his something at home. Uh, so I will be here. I don't know how to exactly teach English, but I do know this: if you haven't seen uh, Drop Dead Fred, you guys are in for a treat. Because uh, I'm, I'm gonna toss that VHS on in a second. But before I do that, let me welcome everybody to season 138, episode five of the Daily Zeitgeist. It is a production of iHeartRadio. It's the podcast where we kick open America's old skull and look inside there, get disgusted, try and figure out how the fuck we rearrange some of this wiring so we can maybe, you know, uh, bring white supremacy down a few notches and say officially off the top, fuck the Koch brothers, fuck Fox News, fuck Rush Limbaugh, fuck Buck Sexton, fuck J.K. Rowling and any turf motherfucker, anybody who's getting in the way of equality. Okay, now that that's out of the way, you're either on board for the podcast or you're not. So you can turn it off now, but if you're good, okay, good. Let's go. It's Friday. Day, Juneteenth, June 19th, 2020. My name is Miles Gray, aka been spending most of our lives listening to the dailies. I guys keep spending most of our time listening each morning and that. Tell me why are we so blind to see that these fucking police are trying to harm you and me? Okay, so thank you to Christy Yamaguchi Man at Crispy Meme Donut for that gangster paradise. Just, you know, in honor of the substitute teaching, I see what you're doing there. Thank you so much. Uh, and I am thrilled to be joined by my co-host this week. I don't even need to really say anything else. You already know what time it is. Uh, you feel it in the air. The scam goddess is in the building. Please welcome my co-host, Lacey Mosley. Yes! Happy Juneteenth, everybody! It's your girl, Lacey Mosley, a.k.a. Scam Goddess, a.k.a. Lift every identity and scheme till earth and heaven ring, ring with the harmonies of robbery. Let our fraud charges rise. Mm. High as the chase bank. <laughs> <laughs> Sing a song. We, go, we take it there yet? Okay, never mind. <laughs> right. Thank right. you do so much. Do a fraud. <laughs> do. <laughs> that will have all these old folks all confused. <laughs> oh my God. I wasn't going to have Nick A, and I literally just like scrambled to do that while Miles was doing his because it's Juneteenth. Yeah. So it's that's the Black National Anthem that I just desecrated, if you guys don't know. <laughs> yeah, if you don't know Lift Every Voice and Sing, uh, check it out. Uh, get it charting. Uh, Lacey, uh, we are, I mean, we have a guest today in our third seat. Yes. Someone with big hern energy, uh, as mm -hmm. I like to call it. Someone who, uh, you know, he, look, I, th this man needs no introduction. It's, it's big hern himself. The hilarious and talented Mr. Steve Hernandez. Thank you, Steve. All right, great to be here, everyone. How are you? Good, man. Yes, good. How you doing? How you been? Good to see you. Good. I'm gonna miss uh, j making Jack uncomfortable today, but uh, I know. But we do have Lacey. I've never done the show with you, Lacey. I'm so happy to see you. I know. Yeah. I'm happy to see you too. I've done your podcast with you, but mm -hmm. I've never. How's views from the Vista when there ain't no movies? Um, we're just go we're just uh reviewing like off the top of our head, and then we have a Wednesday night movie watch at eight o'clock that we uh 
everybody live chats to on Discord, but it's fun. But, you know, nice. I, I do miss the movies, you know, they're not yeah. coming out with anything good, but uh, it's great to be here. How much yeah. like at home renting have you done? Like to yeah. to scratch that itch because I know you typically when you come on like I know you to have seen most films that have come out so like are you keeping up with the the shit boxes that are dropping like uh, Capone? <laughs> no, I'm not like that. Uh, yeah. Zed, Zed's like that, my co-host. But uh, I, I'm just watching a lot of TV and that kind of stuff. So yeah, everything everything's going very well considering um, everything that's happening in the world. Yeah. Uh, a big moment, I think. Steve, we're going to get to know you uh, even better, even more. Uh, despite Jack not being here to be completely made uncomfortable when you say he's got a chiseled face and probably has a great bod. Uh, I, never, but- I, never, <laughs> I never ask him about his, his sex life, too, because you, you can't talk to married people about their sex life. They get all sad and shit. Uh, so- <laughs> I hope Jack's listening to this. Oh, I will yeah, say, shit. I did say oh, Jack shit. was probably hot once when yeah. he was saying that he got out of like he got away with getting his driver's license, even though he like kind of failed his driver's test. I was like, you were probably kind of hot too, and he looked like what? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. I it took, uh, the first couple times I did the show, Jack wasn't on, and then when I finally met him, I was like, oh, this fool's a Kennedy. He's like a young Kennedy Chesapeake <laughs> yeah. Bay motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, I don't ever talk to him about his sex life and shit. Uh, but uh, yeah, I am so happy to have you here, Lacey. Um, okay, what, what were you? You want you're gonna talk to me about me? Yeah, okay. yeah, we'll talk about all kinds of stuff. Look, we'll get into uh, some good news because the Supreme Court uh, says DACA can stay. Yeah, uh, isn't that great? Wow. Yeah, what a week. Um, yeah. Then, then also another story coming out of Atlanta. We did talk about the officer who murdered Rayshard Brooks uh, was charged with felony murder, and in response, the cops called in sick. Because just oh well, well, I guess we'll dive into that. Uh, well, also I think I think it's time uh, because we don't want to miss this story to really talk about uh, the decision of Quaker Oats to scrap Aunt Jemima, <laughs> uh, because I think a lot of people are looking at this as a victory um, and being like, oh yeah, it's great that that's not there, but the it's so much darker than that, y'all. Uh, and we will we'll try and uh, lift that veil for some people uh, as well as talk about. Some other news uh, in the back half of the show. But first, Steve, let us know. What is something from your search history that's letting us know where you're at right now? Okay. Um, I don't know. Did I talk about... I think last time I was here, I talked about gaming. For so long, I was I did, I was against gaming because I just mm-hmm. felt bad. Uh, I just felt like it was like a, a nerdy thing and that you were just putting women through like harshness. Like, I just pictured in high school, whenever I think of video games, I just pictured, like, a guy's girlfriend sitting on the couch, like, watching us play and just being sad for them and shit. So, <laughs> right. so Before like, smartphones? So, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, like, I really, People would just have to be straight up patient and watch that shit. Yeah, I can picture right. girlfriends. I'm picturing a girl right now in high school and in my, in my early 20s playing NBA Live and then just the girlfriend sitting there just, like, wanting to kill themselves. Uh, but, yeah, no. So, But I got into it. And I'm glad I did. So here's what my uh, my last search was. This is from last night. How do you kill the Valkyrie on God of War? Have you played oh. God of Have you played God of War? Not the latest one. Not the latest one from 2018. It's really good, man. Video yeah. games have changed, man. Lacey, <laughs> do you play video games at all? 
No, I mean, I play one game on my phone that I give an absorbent amount of money to. There's a game that's scamming me, and it's scamming me out of, like, hundreds of Wait, dollars. I thought what you were describing was, like, your philanthropy through Venmo or something. You're like, there is a game no. that I do. It's called Giving Money to Causes Through Venmo, okay? Now, that's that is a, that's a game that I play as well, because uh, yeah. I'm Wait, a but saint. what's this one where you are also... So- I can't believe you're getting somehow finessed by a phone game. Look, it's not a scam if you're in on it, baby. Okay, I know I'm getting robbed. I'm paying for an experience. I'm playing. It's basically Candy Crush, but then also you make a garden. I don't know. Well, what's, um, what game is it? It's called Gardenscapes, and it costs a lot of money, and I can't stop. I'm addicted. Um, how, I was going to say. I was that's, gonna say, that's, how, that's how I am. There's like a little white man who works for me. And I'm like, yeah, you work, little white man. You work for me. And yeah. <laughs> like, oh, those hedges need to come down. I don't care what you time it is. You better clip them. And they show you. They show him clipping your hedges. And it's just, ooh, ooh, it's like porn. But I will say, Steve, have you seen those TikToks where the girls, like, uh, see their gamer boyfriends, like, in their gamer chairs, and they come up and they, like, get naked, and they're, like, they film it? Like, they don't film themselves, but they film, like, the boy, the, their boyfriend when they take their top off or whatever. Oh. Uh, no, I haven't I seen like, those. Uh... You haven't seen those yet? No. So be like... It's like your boyfriend's gaming. And then it's funny because sometimes you can tell they're totally fake. But some of them look real or like it's like the boyfriend's right. gaming. And then he looks back at the computer or the TV or whatever the fuck. And then he looks at the girl and he's like, ah, I guess I have to go have sex with her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm very uh, excited. Yeah, these new games are they're so emotionally like, you know, whoever puts them together makes them like movies. You so play Last one, of Us yet? Uh <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the new one comes out today. You know that, right? Yeah, I do, and I've been <laughs> avoiding. I'm like, I, I have a lot going on. I can't get, I can't get caught I, up. In I that. won't either. It's so funny. I've been thinking about, you know, I'm so excited about Black Lives Matter and everything that's happening in the world, and then people are like, when's it going to die out? When's it going to die out? But I've just been looking towards this day. I'm like, right, don't right, do right. it to us. It's not going to be the return of the NBA. It's going to be the last of us, too. And you so, I'm, so? I'm, no, <laughs> yeah, but but I am making a joke. But all these, all of these, uh, <laughs> but I am making a joke. Thank you. Yeah, I am uh, making a joke, though. Dude, God of War has this. He's a god, but you don't know he's a god yet. And he has a little son, and they have like a bad relationship. The mom, Kratos, got a son. Yeah. So the mom dies. It starts off with the mom being dead, and the son and him don't get along at all. So Julia will watch me like play the video game and you kind of like fight with him too. He has like a right. little bow and arrow and we say, oh, that's you. You know, we're like, that's you, Julia. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and then Julia will fall. She'll start. I'll start playing video games at midnight because that's when she gets sleepy. Then she falls asleep on the couch and wakes up and then like watches and that kind of thing. But uh, dude, this one time because they don't get along. Right. And so he like goes into this light at this one point. And then he hears his son talking to the dead mom. And the, he's, he's like, I know dad doesn't love me. Like, oh. I, I don't know what I could ever be to, like, be the son that he needs me to be. And I really started to cry. And oh, shit. shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then I told Julia the next day, I was like, you won't you will not believe what happened in the game last <laughs> night. <laughs> so let me but, guess. You cried because of some strained uh, father son uh, relationship. I was just like, yes. <laughs> but these games, The Last of Us is the same way with this little girl. And yeah, I mean, uh, with the, the you know, they had that side story where you saw that she kissed her first girlfriend and then the girlfriend died as a zombie. There's all this like crazy stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Last I'm of telling- Us will I'm Last of Us will fuck you up. Like it's I thought a, you're just it, supposed to be in there like A A A B punch punch. No, this is like because it's different. It's like it really like it's different than other games where you would just be like, I'm gonna wild out on these zombies. Like you are 
petrified and you're just trying to exist. It's, this is it's too a much completely different manipulation. And, hey, it's like you need therapy after this video game. Well, clearly, I mean, every game will have us crying. You know, I'm watching, uh, I'm playing Assassin's Creed, and this one dude's dad threw him off a cliff and thought he died, and then he came back. He's like, "I'm not dead, Dad." Uh, so a lot of, a lot of metaphor. I never cried in Grand Theft Auto, but also all I did was hook up with the the ladies of the evening and steal cars. (laughs) Uh, Steve, what's something that you think is underrated? Underrated. I don't know if you guys talked about this show, but did you see Dave on Hulu? I saw the first episode or first half of the first episode. Guys, don't give me that look. I know, Lacey, you know, who wants to watch a show with a white rapper? This is a terrible thing. It's not that. I just like, it wasn't for me. I tried for it to be for me. And then me was like, no, girl, not for you. I I promise you um, that they end up, uh, they address mental health, race, um, class structure. By the last episode, uh, you're like this motherfucker. I cannot believe he created this. This I you don't want to pull for a Jewish white rapper. You just don't want to pull for that guy. I'm not against but little I, Dicky. Uh, yeah. I'm just telling you by the end, the last episode, and I know TV guys. So I'm telling you by the <laughs> last episode, you're like this motherfucker pulled off probably the best show in quarantine, one of the best shows. So if if I'm telling you, I know this shit. Watch Dave by the last. I will give you. I will give each of you, and I'm not kidding. I will give each of you if you watch the ten episodes. I will give you a hundred dollars each of you if you don't like this show. I thought oh, you I wasn't. Head. I, I wasn't talking. <laughs> I wasn't talking to the Daily Zeitgeist audience either. By the way, I don't, <laughs> I don't have that kind of. No, money. they will be tweeting you. Yeah. They will be yeah, tweeting I, you. Yeah, I was watch talking out, Neil to, Brennan. You might I have to ta- keep that purse closed. <laughs> I was talking to Miles and I was talking to Lacey uh, and then Miles would prefer head from me. Uh, Okay, we'll see what I could do, Miles. I think one Uh, of the first things you said was head from a guy was underrated. Oh, was it? Wasn't that one of the first takes you I think you came up with because you talked about the story about how the the guy blew you in the sex store. <laughs> I can't believe some of the shit I say on this show. This yeah. is a morning well, I show. I can't believe for I remember people. nearly <laughs> this a morning this show. show. Like, <laughs> hey, if you're watching good the morning. morning, yeah, good morning to you for sure. You're going to wake up. See, I'll wake you up. Dude, I will tell you that I have been like, um, I do. I haven't had sex with a guy. I stopped drinking over a year and a half ago now, mm-hmm. and I haven't had sex with a guy since I've stopped drinking. Um, it's just I, I, I've only had sex with one new person since I stopped drinking. When was the last time you guys had sex with somebody for the first time sober? Um, Wait, the first time I had. Wait, what do you the, mean? You like have, the first oh, instance of sex is sober, you mean? With that person. Yeah, I know it's been a while for you because you're an engaged man now, but I'm telling you. To have sex with somebody that you like and you haven't had sex with them before and you're sober, it is it is scary. It takes you back to <laughs> high school and shit. It's intense. It's, it's wonderful, though. But it is uh, like you are kind of like, uh, at least for me, I'm like, OK, do I look cute? Oh, is the light is the light looking. So, yeah. Lacey, like- <laughs> you, you, in, Lacey, in your head, you remember the first time that you had that, that you had sex with someone for for the first time and the first time you were sober, too. So not like uh, not like the fifth time no, you the have first sex time, with him. The first time I slept with the person, I was sober. Yeah. You remember yeah. that? Yeah. And it was wonderful? It was in- intense. 
yes, you know, yes. it's always intense. But yeah. it was like, oh, is this lighting good? Do I? Because I didn't know people had sex with the lights off. I, I, that took me many. <laughs> like I, I recently learned that, and so I, I'm always like, oh, do I look cute? Okay, I'm well, sometimes like you need this. a little light source. You know what I mean? Just to create a little no, mood like lighting. No, like full on light. Like there's oh, always oh, been overhead. full on light. <laughs> all right, let's bring uh, the Kino lights. Uh, bring a 10K in here. Let's just blast it right here on the bed. Have like, a I could do a TikTok afterwards. Yeah. I could do an IG makeup tutorial. That's how much light <laughs> there is. Oh, man. Yeah, this, I think the only time that's been uncomfortable, I feel like the first time I had sex with somebody new is I, have, I had a full stomach. Like we had just <laughs> ate. God. <laughs> and, it, and it wasn't even like drink. It wasn't even like no. like we kind of knew no, like we were already kind of on our dinner. way there. But then I was like, yes. this is like, oh man, pasta, like, know. you know, Miles, pasta you and bread. Don't go to the Olive Garden on the third date. Okay? Hey, that's why I go you to Carabas. Uh, I I the first time I had sex with this person sober, it was I mean it was hard to kiss them for the first time. It was like on the fourth date and stuff. We had discussed that we liked each other and we were attracted to each other. We had discussed it. So I knew it was fine, but finally I was uh, dropping her off at her place, and I said, um, we, uh, "We we should kiss, like we should kiss." Right, and she's right, like, right. "Yeah, I was gonna say that too." And then we kissed, and it was good. And then the sex was scary, but it was good. But yeah, I haven't had sex with a guy yet sober, but I think I have someone in mind. As soon as it's safe to do pan with without the pandemic stuff going on, I think uh, he hit me up. He heard me on a podcast, and he hit me up, and I'm like, "All right." I think me and this fool are going to fuck, but I've never done it sober, so I'm scared, too. So yeah. we'll see. Hey, well, you know what? We'll, we'll support you on your journey to sober yeah. sex. You know thank I mean? you. Thank you. Uh, what do you think is something that's overrated, Steve? Binging television shows. Uh, I think binging is very overrated. I have really, I think in the quarantine, I figured out, and I've started to space stuff out because naturally, I, I don't think I liked it. But I really loved, I'm so sad Insecure is over now, but I really loved watching Insecure every week and seeing what was going to happen this week and what the writers, the writers at insecure too, really like li listen to Twitter. So a lot of times they'll take some of the stuff like fan favorite stuff, like the finale, they poured in a bunch of crazy shit, but I love just watching a thing once a week, talking to my friends about it. Um, I think it's going to work really amazing. Have you guys seen, I may destroy you yet. The, the new one that comes no, out. I'm about to, though. Yeah, I'm watching it and I love it. Um, it's about Michaela to be the third Cole, episode, right? Yes. Yeah. Michaela Cole is so, first of all, I just love looking at her. I just yes. cannot get over how beautiful she is. But um, she is so good at taking something dark and still adding light and levity and humanity to it. Like it is a story about sexual assault, but it almost feels like a mystery that exactly. you're watching. And they're not re-traumatizing you the whole time. It's not just mm. trauma, trauma, trauma the whole time. It's like interesting and fun, and I love her. She's so she's a genius, freaking genius. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's a it's about sexual assault. It's about um, you know her character gets drugged, so you're just piecing together. If this was a binge thing, there's no way you would be able to do what she's doing right, right. now. At the end of every episode, and you don't feel she does little things too, where everyone like thankfully everyone so far in episode two, everyone just believes her. She doesn't even have to like, I think that would be re-traumatizing for a lot of uh, people. But um, yeah, so everything is a real cliffhanger where I, after the second episode, I was like, dude, this show's going to be amazing and important. I've never seen anything like it. And I know if all the episodes were available, I would just dust them. Oh, I'd be so, done. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I really do think binging, 
it's like so many things in life as you get older too. It's like you think you know what you want, but that's not what you really want. The best kind of living, the best kind of life, the things that bring you the most joy, uh, you've got to, I, for this particular instance, you got to take your time. You got to not rush it. So I am against binging. With normal people, I did the same thing. I would just watch one show a, a day and then wait for the next episode. But stop the binging. I know we're bored out there in quarantine, folks, but space it out. And I think you'll be much happier and get a lot more from the, the content you're watching. It's from the know, beginning. Steve. From the beginning of the <laughs> pandemic, it's been, I've been having trouble binging in general. Like, I thought that was the first thing I'd do. I'm like, wait till I fucking just subject my mind to all this content. But it gets like, it gets weird. Like, after you watch like a, the third one hour episode of a show in a row, and you're like, has almost three hours gone? Huh. And then you're like, maybe I'll do something else right now. I just can't. I can't get that momentum I used to when I was like an unemployed, you know, college kid. Well, that's because, Miles, you're like a hyperactive Virgo. You're out here like yeah. running miles and like losing weight during quarantine. Me personally, <laughs> I can take six hours and yeah. watch Unorthodox. And did I do that shit? Hell yeah. And did oh, I feel shit. like I was you binged or- Unorthodox? I felt like I was high on a drug. <laughs> right. I started in the morning and I finished in the evening and I was like... Oh, it was, yeah, I live oh, wow. alone. I also yeah, yeah. live alone, guys. You guys right, don't right. live alone. So, so, so some of us need our little, our little scratch. You know, our right, right, right. scratch. What, a, what, a, what, a, do you feel comfortable saying your big three signs, Lacey? Uh, like my Zodiac signs? Yeah, your big three, oh, your rising. I'll tell you all of them. All right, what is your sun, moon, and rising? Least important first, Venus, Leo, rising, Libra, sun sign, Cancer, moon, Aries. All right. I'm an Aries moon as well. Yeah. Yeah. So no, one really, no one really gets what I am. They think I'm like sensitive, but I come off very like aggro. Yeah, there's a lot going on. But Leo, I know- sun. That's a, that's a great. Oh, that's a great mix. And that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Hmm. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's how do you figure all that other rising is like what time you were born? What what's time the one this born? time you're born? Uh, that's uh, rising. Yeah. And what's sun and moon? Um, sun is your birthday. That's the big one. <laughs> the normal one that people yeah. normally like, say. Okay. So Virgo's your sun. Got, got it. And then and moon, moon is where you were born. Oh, on it's, Earth. It's like a longitude, so latitude thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. I thought the planet, because you're saying And moon, then Venus is like where Venus was, I think. Like what what house it was in. When the, there's, yeah, when I say big three, there's every one of them, there's a house and stuff. You know, Julia, my my uh, partner, has a huge astrology podcast called What's Your Sign? You guys got to have her on sometime. But yeah, there's whatever you think about astrology, there's so much more to it. So there's oh, crazy houses listening. and everything. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the it's, it's the best. It's like the best thing that we can't prove is real. I feel like yeah. in a certain way, and that's right. what's so magical about it. I think it's like it's just enough. It's like you know, QAnon for reasonable people. <laughs> um, well, right. I, okay. you know, it's it's so funny. I try to like. She'll never tell me like how she really feels about it. She tries to <laughs> act. Well, she. I think she kind of knows I'm skeptical. Sure, so she'll sure, be sure. she'll be like. Oh yeah, you know it's a personality thing. It's good. It makes a lot of sense, and it 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 helps you talk to people, and you can figure things out. But when she gets drunk, she starts to like 
you see her, she looks at me with an eye and shit. Oh, shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, listen, listen. It's listen. like, I do think she believes it like a religion. Yeah. And that's okay. Hey, you know, wait, there are much, much worse <laughs> things to believe in than uh, trying to like help people out based on where they were born and what time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and finally, Steve, what's a myth? What's something that people think is true, you know, to be false or vice versa? Uh, I, everybody's talking about everybody. I think this is a big myth. Everybody's talking about. I can't wait for quarantine to be over. I I cannot wait for this shit. And I just right. want to for myself. This is the best time I've ever had in my whole goddamn life. I'm loving life. I never wanted to return. Keep those checks coming, government. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how long the government can keep that energy up. I mean, I'm, I'm they going lost on that energy quick. Uh, I'm yeah. going on walks. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. smelling flowers out there. I'm it cooking for my girl every day. I'm. I feel downright European. I'm telling you, man, it feels good. <laughs> Wait, which part was European? The walks, the flowers. I think the cooking the, for the my cooking. girl. The cooking. <laughs> you know fresh. how those euros do it. <laughs> I'm walking to the market down the street every day. You know right. what I mean? It's, there's a baguette in my You're bike. You're singing that song from Beauty and the Beast and shit, <laughs> greeting everybody. <laughs> I mean, yeah, a lot of people have like you know we were talking about this yesterday about what you know clearly we've slammed the brakes on something and people are starting to find good in certain things slowing down. And I'm really, and I, I get your point, man, because there's certain things like we absolutely cannot continue to do. Like, I think we have to even think about how efficient we are with our work weeks and things like that. You know, somehow I'm doing more work not being in an office or I'm more efficient not being in an office. And like, I feel like the quality of our work hasn't diminished and things like that. And I feel like those are bigger questions. Like, do people need offices? Do we need to be like, because creating an office creates all this commuting and shit like that. Like, are we... What things can we take away from this positively? But yeah, I'm I'm the same way where I'm like, I'm also dreading like people being like, hey, we're going to go out here, here, like you're going to come and blah, blah, blah. When it's now I'm like, you know what? Like I can do what I need to do. Uh, but I think I'm also just an introvert in that way where I don't, I don't power up from being around people. I power up from being by myself. Well, it's been yeah. nice. Uh, yeah, I miss, I, I miss hugging my friends, uh, but you know, uh, I saw Zed and Honor the other day, and we went outside to pick up something for the house, and we just hung out on their porch. Yeah. And it's like people are just hanging out in the park or on the porch, and it's like it's good to see you. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. I wish I, I wish I could hug them, but at the same time, it's like this is nice, man. It's just nice being around people that you love. And it's like, what the fuck have we been doing? Especially, right. I know Lacey, you could probably relate to this because in in the you know doing live comedy stuff, you're out every night. You're going from activity to activity. Uh, you don't yeah. want to let anyone down. And at, I mean, it, basically, you're an entrepreneur, so you don't want you want to be at Cereal. everything. So you Cereal don't miss entrepreneur. An- <laughs> <laughs> That's so what I call scamming. <laughs> yeah. So basically, you don't want to miss anything because this might be the thing that leads to work. But mm, right, uh, right. without this, there's no guilt. I don't have any guilt about not writing jokes. I don't have any guilt about any of this stuff. Um, and you're right. It, it's causing you. I think we were all telling ourselves a story before and this disruption said, oh, maybe this story isn't real or maybe I don't have to. Right. The thing that I told myself isn't real and I could rewrite this thing just like all black, ma- all black lives or black lives matter stuff is that um, that we don't have to accept that anymore. So all, all the way we've been living, the things we've been valuing, we can rewrite this world and our life and make it the way we wanted to make it. And and and. and only do things that truly bring us joy. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. I've been sitting in 
garages with people where they'll like open the garage up (laughs) and then the chairs will be eight feet apart. And what I've noticed is, is like, yeah, I used to hang out with people before, but like I'm constantly on my phone, onslaught of emails. Right now, I've, my thumbs are going to fall the fuck off. Um, I'm, I'm hopefully going to be cashing out in one of those Apple commercials like, have you or a loved one lost a thumb from constant texting? Um, from swiping. From swipe texting. From swipe texting. Like, I'm, I'm going to get that lawsuit together for us, guys. It's going to be right, litty. Uh, we'll all have a black turtleneck when I'm done with Apple. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's like now I feel guilty if I'm on my phone at all. I'm like, I got to focus on this human who's in front of me because I don't get human time that much um and then i will say i did cheat and hug one of my closest friends priscilla because we went to a protest together and we had been isolated each of us in our own (laughs) homes so we're like we can hug we've been alone for months um and when i tell you it hit like i never had i never had a hug hit like that like i had a little i was like am Am I horny now? Yeah. <laughs> What's happening? Um, she hugged the yeah, sonic so. rings out of you. <laughs> right, literally. It was like, ring. <laughs> yeah. oh, what happened? <laughs> so, so I yeah. absolutely agree with you on that, Steve. And, and and it's interesting to see the restructuring. I think that with the Black Lives Matter thing, it's that we finally have the attention span of white folks in a way that we've never had before. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, there's so much trauma circulating that's like, you can't ignore it, and here we are. And now I yeah. feel like I'm doing a cleanup of every industry that I work in. The theater that I work at specifically, I'm working very diligent with them to clean up their systemic racial issues. I'm working with places that I work at professionally like when I yep. tell you like Same. it was like I had to put on the Black Panther hat and fight <laughs> everybody like we are just fighting everybody yeah. <laughs> well there's time now we got time now right before it felt time. like yeah it felt like things that weren't worth like there was an acceptance there was a certain nihilism when it came to accepting white supremacy well it wasn't like, even accepting just, it was survival or just or basically or but accepting like that it existed and it yes. was defining every single space we were operating in to that not that it's like and i welcome white supremacy in my life but it's just like <laughs> fuck that's just how it is and yeah. now we're at a point where like nah this is not like this not anymore not now right it's like that's that's a big energetic difference i feel from a lot of people yeah i don't believe in destiny i think if when you believe in destiny quote unquote then you have to believe that some really fucked up things are going on. And then, you know, whatever the, whatever God cares about my comedy career, but he doesn't care about the continent of Africa or something like that. So I don't believe in it like that, but also this feels like such a crazy, unique time in history that all these things had to come together for these changes to happen. And so now I'm so excited to grab a hold of it by the tail and say like, fuck, I'm just going to dedicate my life. I don't really I, you know, I've said no to a couple of comedy shows recently, Zoom shows, because I was like, I don't want to do my fucking dumb act before. I got to rewrite my act. We've got to figure out what. Right. I, I don't like want to distra- use your body and voice for now. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to distract people with comedy. I, that's not yeah. what I'm not trying to distract anymore. I want to figure out a way to to make all of this to implement all of this together. So that's exciting. I, I, I don't care about just living for myself. I want to change this world sorry <laughs> no but it's amazing i feel like com- a lot of comedians have really i mean granted a lot of my twitter feed is comedians but also right. activists and many other people but there has i've been really it's it's interesting to see because i think to be a good comedian you have to be intelligent and be observing things enough that you can synthesize them in a humorous way and it's interesting to see so many people begin to like use those skills to also see everything else that's happening in the world and like activate them very like 
in a meaningful way as well. It seems like I feel like comedy is going to be a lot different after this because a lot of comedians, too, are just like, yo, if you're not like if your head's not in the game and you're tweeting some dumb shit right now, like what the yeah, fuck we, are you doing? Like, you know, you're, you're smart enough to be a comedian. So you're going to be you, if I mean, if you're going to be smart enough to be a good comedian, you should be smart enough to know what time it is, too. Right. And Dave Chappelle proved that with a spe- like, you know, his comedy uh, little short special coming out that was barely any jokes. And a lot of it was just him getting shit off of his chest. And so it's cool to see that kind of change. I've only really been doing Zoom shows and comedy shows with people, black people, especially people of color, yeah. where I feel like we can have a good time and not have to do too much yeah. educating, but also share. Like yesterday, I did a couples therapy with Naomi Epperging, who I love so much. Um, and we just talked about the fun that we had had at protests and the weird moments at protests. And like, it was interesting to do that, you know what I mean? And have a good time, uh, but also still feel like you're in the zeitgeist of what's going yeah. on to your point steve about man uh, about destiny i think of destiny as a scam that i like to implement on people um, <laughs> this is your destiny <laughs> like manifest destiny was america's scam to everybody they were like manifest destiny y'all we gotta rob these native people because yeah. god has said so wait like, what god <laughs> hold on hold on what god hold on what god robbery oh, fuck it up okay but, okay all right it's okay. on that's I don't know if y'all heard, but God, God just told me y'all got to get the fuck out because of some shit I just heard of. So, you know, we got to we gotta turn it back around and be like, I think God said yeah. rights? Equal right. rights? The thing now, yeah. I mean, even like, I think comedians at the end of the day are great communicators. You know what I mean? Like, that's the art of, of good comedy is like you're communicating so many things with just simply, efficiently with humor and things like that, that I think now... You, a lot of comedians find see that they also have a very unique skill set to articulate a lot of the bad things that are going on and to make that easier for people to understand because, uh, you know, things are different. All right, let's take a quick break and then we'll get into some news uh, right after this. And we're back. And uh, some a little more relief uh, from the Supreme Court, although there are a few other decisions uh, that were not great. But uh, in this instance, uh, in a 5-4 decision, John uh, Chief Justice Roberts sided with the uh, liberal ju- uh, justices and ended the you know DHS September 2017 decision to end DACA, the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program, uh, because... As he said it, it was done in a, quote, arbitrary and capricious manner. Um, So, you know, obviously DACA was a very popular program that Obama had implemented in 2012 and saying, hey, at the time, if you were between 16 and 31 and you were brought to the United States as a child, you were able to apply for a renewable two-year permit and eventually find some pathway to citizenship. That is still the next piece that we're still trying to figure out. Um, So the good news is basically they said, Yeah, that like just purely racist thing you did to throw red meat to your uh, supporters in the beginning of your administration. Yeah, it's total bullshit. Uh, However, the decision doesn't say that the president doesn't have the authority to end it. They're just saying this like this messy way you did it. Oh, that's just some bullshit. So it's very possible that the president could try and find some other like, you know, legal reasoning to end the program. But I don't know, like you would be at this point. I don't know what what you're going to get out of it, ex- except burning way more, you know, political capital when you already have nothing. Um, and I'm not even sure that's what his supporters want. They seem to be really all up on this, like, let's use the police to brutalize black and brown people. Yeah. 
Uh, well, you know, you can't don't sell him short. You know, he tried to take away uh, trans and yeah. gay rights just a few days ago for no reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no so, yeah. reason. I think that yeah. was him trying to tell the court because they were going to decide. He's like, well, this is what I'm thinking. And they were even like, no, what? <laughs> yeah, like- get out of here. Bro, why are you repoing rights? Like, this is not the 60s. Like, what, well, what what do we gain? What does anybody gain by you doing that? I think this is the thing we always have to remember about what President Trump means to his supporters. They All they are purely interested in is to see a white person inflict pain on marginalized groups. It has nothing yeah. to do with what their quality of life is. They are just getting off on the show of saying like, whoa, they did that to trans people? Oh, whoa, they did that to these undocumented children? Whoa, look at that. Uh, a, a Klan rally on Juneteenth in Tulsa? Like, these are the kinds of things that they're just, they just love that shit. Because has nothing, none of these people have a mind for policy or understand, you know, where their place is in terms of the legislation that's being passed. So it's just like this show of like, yes, white people being so cruel to like marginalized groups because, you know, this like equality. I don't know why they just... This feeling that I guess equality just to them is perceived as I lose everything because now you're on my level right. uh, and they just don't want to see this shit. It's interesting. Well, I, I'm excited to see and I'm not I'm excited and I'm terrified about November, but I want to see how, you know, quote unquote, good, well-meaning white people who voted for Trump uh, really respond to all of this. Because I remember yeah. as soon as Donald Trump really I remember when Heather Hare was killed in that Nazi that's what it really was. Was yeah, Antifa? Right and yeah. yeah, yeah. I want like a lot of people came out and were deeply embarrassed that this white woman was run over by a car by Nazis, and that the president said that there were good parties on both sides. And it was kind of one of those big moments where, at least on my Facebook of Texan white folks that I grew up with, um, where I didn't realize I had no friends until I went to college. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they they were like, oh well, you know, just because you're a Trump supporter doesn't mean that you're a bad person, or just because you voted for him doesn't mean that you uh, don't believe in God or that you're evil or whatever. So I'm interested to see after four years of just an onslaught of just like fuckery, like especially if you believe in any kind of deity, like there's not going to be a way for those people to justify that behavior again. Yeah. Before they were kind of like, we didn't know, they thought he was like Reagan. I think a lot of people thought Trump was going to be like Reagan. An outsider in Hollywood. And he turned out to be way crazier. Yeah, he was just, I mean... You know, I I don't know how many people will change their vote because this is America. You know what I mean? Like it's easy. Many people are used to the thing of like, I will outwardly do the right thing or seem like a person that does. And then in private, I will do whatever, like what I'm Mm -hmm. like, even though even how evil or dark it is, I'm going to act that out. But I think the difference maybe now is that a lot of people, I don't know if it's the racism, to be honest. I just think a lot of people's livelihoods have been so affected that's what it is because I mean there was plenty of stuff to point to if you weren't disgusted by his racism before. Uh, but I think right. at the end of the day, what you can say is anybody wearing a MAGA hat is a racist. Like oh, there's yeah, no, absolutely. we and we've been saying that, but now like even with the you know the iconography the the administration is using to talk about like Antifa and stuff, and they're using upside down red triangles that are like referencing uh, like uniforms that people wore in concentration camps during the Holocaust. There's not. There isn't much you can say. Like, it's not used anywhere else in the world except in this very specific instance in a just the one of the darkest moments in history. That when I see people who like I knew were kind of like Trump adjacent people who didn't just like say stuff out loud, they have to know now. It's like at the very least, you might here's the thing: you might not think you're racist, but you are accommodating racism. And that is the same thing. So I don't yeah. know what the difference is because this here's the difference between you and me. 
some ra- you'll see some racism, racist stuff, and you'll be like, oh, well. And I'll see it, and I'll say, yo, I'm going to shut this shit down right fucking now. And, I think and one that's- of those is a racist, and one of those is not. I think that's why we're getting so much done within our own personal spaces right now of reforms yeah. because, yeah, you're mad at the police, but also a lot of white folks have the police inside of them, like we talked about. So it's like you, everybody mm-hmm. has to check their own personal police officer. So, yeah. yeah, it's good to see. But, yeah, you're right. I can't even wear a red hat no more. Just any red hat. I'm looking. I'm looking like, what's that red hat say? I'm on you know alert. <laughs> you know when you see all these videos of these, like, angry white boomers? You know, like, there's definitely, I mean, obviously this has been a trope, but of, you know, the Karens and Kevins of the world being like, oh, what are you doing here? Um, And, and, and you, are you live in this gated community? Okay, well, I'm going to call the... The thing you realize, if I every time, I, if I'm in a situation like that, I think the last person these white people want to hear from people of color is if you said, "Oh, y'all are losing, y'all are losing." Just right. so you know that they're the way these people are behaving, they they're looking at it as like the fourth quarter, and they're like, "We got to get back out there. We're getting killed <laughs> like out phys- there." Physically, We're they're on the street. They're like, "We gotta yeah. start harassing more Browns." They gotta like- get it. They gotta know what time it is. They can't just take down these racist monuments. This is America. They have to know what time it is. White people run shit, and then they're coming out here to a group of like black brown allies who are just not right. scared of this shit anymore. Like, yo, shut the f- get the fuck out of my face. And they're like, but they're old, so they're not used to that kind of smoke. And they're like, well, well, I'm gonna call the police. Yeah, then do that shit. Then do it. I'm right then. here. I'm too. Uh, well. Ah, oh, okay. It's and then you know you just want to tell these people y'all are losing. The racists are losing. You're losing. Imagine, imagine your Straight hobby up. is doing racism to people. Like you on Pinterest, <laughs> you on Pinterest collecting racisms to do to people. Like uh, I just I mean, want some you, rollerblades, Karen. Get a hobby. Right, Get a right, life. Right. <laughs> I mean, the the only problem with that is there are so many evangelical Christians that support Trump. Yeah. And you know, I come out of the church. I, you know, I used to be a minister. You don't understand to be in a cult, they just have some crazy shit going on. So they can't be convinced. My mom, I don't think my mom's voting for Trump. I think she said he's a bad man before. Mm. My dad hates him. But my mom uh, mentioned, we were talking on the phone the other day, and she's like, you know, though, God's using him, though. Um, his mo- his, she said, my mom said mm. his aunt was a very strong Christian. That's what my mom said. <laughs> and I was like, what? His aunt was a strong Christian? But my mom will send me videos and stuff, and it's like, they these people will latch on to the craziest things. I have conservative friends that I grew up with in church who hate Trump, and it's like right. they even know, yeah, he's a terrible person. This is awful. But they're at war with their families, and they, yeah. I grew up with their families. These are yeah. good people. They would never define themselves as racist, and I, I wouldn't think that they are quote unquote racist either but they this he is torn apart conservative family so and this isn't overall this these isn't states we're talking about we're talking about in terms of re-election we're talking about specific counties in states and we saw what happened in georgia last week i mean the fix is in too so yeah we have months you know we have a, a mere four or five months to do our best to make sure that every person's vote counts as well but yeah, this is not, it is not one by any means. No, no. Because even then, I mean, well, even Democrat or Republican, there's these things are still built on the same rotten structures. And oh, yeah. I think yeah. that's, until we're like fully tearing them down, we're not going to be close to that. But you know what? At least people are starting to, you know, hear yeah. the key so they and know I mean, what song, I'm voting, what, how to sing. I'm voting for leg 2020. 
Um, <laughs> leg 2020, if you don't know, is uh, Joe Biden said that maybe it'd be better if the police start shooting people in the heart and start oh, shooting wait, them on, in Lisa, the leg. You vote, wait, you're voting for leg? You ain't black. You ain't black. <laughs> That's also another Joe Biden quote. You ain't black. Yeah, Joe <laughs> Biden. Black. Okay, here we go. Listen, listen, I got to go leg over heart. It's leg yeah. 2020, okay? <laughs> and I need everybody to just think about it like that. I know you don't want to vote for Joe Biden. I know he's crazy. I know he's surly. And I know we don't want to do this, but guys, leg over heart, all right? Leg I'm going to make some heart. merch. Leg 2020, yeah. guys. Get that two-piece dark meat with the leg combo. Um, all right, let's t- let's check in with Atlanta um, because if you if you listen to the trending episode the other day, uh, Lacey and I came in with the news that the officer who had you know murdered Rayshard Brooks shot him in his back. Uh, regardless if he had uh, got an officer's taser, the man was shot in his back uh, and killed. He was charged with felony murder, and in a shocking turn, I mean this was a shocking turn of events because normally. What we're used to hearing is like, yeah, and he will have to take a two-week break where he will get his paycheck, and then he has to write an essay about busting his gun too much, <laughs> and they'll we'll put him back on the street in the same exact neighborhood. Um, so, unfortunately, like every other group of toxic white men, uh, the police also decided to cry and whine when society deemed their nonsense to be objectively horrific. Uh, you know, just like when you see like comedians being like, "What? I can't say that anymore. Ah, this is bullshit." <laughs> The same thing cops are like, wait, hold on, what, I can't get, the whole vibe you've seen the last two weeks have been like, oh, what the fuck, we can't, oh, okay, all right, what if we don't come to work anymore? Like, that Buffalo group of supporters, uh, (laughs) which was all just cops outside the courthouse, I'm like, come on, miss me with this. I mean, you have no, you have no idea, actually, you you have an idea, but, you know, I've been posting a lot of videos and posting a bunch of Black Lives Matter, I went back to Facebook to fucking start going to war with a lot of these, uh, uh, normie people that I haven't talked to in a while, but the biggest pushback I got was on that Buffalo video. I, I didn't think, I, I, I think of all these things, nothing is as controversial as this guy pushing an old man down, but I had to fight with three or four people from high school about Were that shit. Um, one of them was white. One of them was Mexican. I'm trying to figure out where Mexicans fit in these, this stuff. So it all depends. Everyone has inter- everyone has levels of internalized white supremacy. We all do. But I would think that Mexicans would be the easiest people to get on our side because goddamn has Trump just got on the news and just said the worst things about people from Mexico. And I'm from Texas, so I grew up speaking Spanish that I learned from people from Mexico. I have had, I, you know what I mean? There's people who have lived in my home. You know what I mean? Like, it's just that culture has always been blended for me. And it's crazy to me how many, uh, and I know it's because of Catholicism and religious stuff, but how many Mexican people can watch Trump just slaughter them in the press and then they're still yeah. siding with him like what? well we're also like i think we also just i think want to be american so bad and i and yeah. we just without without thinking about it we've like thought of white as synonymous with american yeah, like a lot of, of people course. have and so you know like even growing up my dad which i'm grateful my dad hates trump so much i'm grateful Trump said those bad things about us or who knows. But uh, um, my dad, I remember, would say, like, I'm not a Mexican-American. I'm an American-Mexican. My dad would say stuff like that. And Mm. I don't think he meant anything. He was proud to be American. But it's like, I I really do think, I mean, like, there's so, in the LAPD, there are so many Latino cops. Yeah. There are so many Latino cops. Just like the black ones. Just like the black ones. They ain't shit either. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are, like, so many. So, you know, I, I don't I'm trying to come up with jokes and ways to view this stuff. But, yeah, they are a lot of people think they truly believe in their heart 
that if you talk back to a cop or don't do exactly what they say, you deserve whatever they yeah. do to you afterwards. And that includes killing you. So with, with what happened with this guy in Atlanta, too, I there's a guy on, on I went to church with. I saw on Facebook yesterday was like, you know, he, he fought back. You know, he fought back. And it's like, you don't deserve to die. You, yeah. They don't have the right to murder us, period. And they've tricked us with all the propaganda and all the stuff that we mm-hmm. see into thinking that they have this absolute power of judge, jury, and executioner when they're out on the streets. When the bottom line is they are a civil servant, okay? It's mm-hmm. just like when the, the power man comes to your house to turn your fucking lights on. I'm not going to be talking to the power man like, hey, thank you, Con Edison, so much for coming here today, Lord. Uh, I'll suck your dick if you want me to. Just turn my lights on. Please don't kill me. Like, they should not be getting more respect than those people. No. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, you know, so with this story, the basically the moment that the decision was handed out that or the decision came out that this officer was going to be charged with felony murder, ton of cops just called in sick before that shift. Um, and basically, you know, like 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 you're saying, what a great public servant would do is be like, I'm going to abandon my community because uh, you guys are being you guys are being mean to the murderer. Um, so. Once that happened, there were a lot of people kind of like there was this whole rumors are going around that all the cops are walking or a ton of cops are walking off and the city could go left or whatever. Sure, because that's what they want you to think, because they're like, but then we need (laughs) who who will will beat us, who will harass us. Exactly. Oh, no. but luckily, uh, you know, uh, the mayor assured people that there were more than enough overseers, I mean, officers, to keep the people afraid, I, I mean, safe. Um, and there were also some disturbing reports, too, that some some officers were saying that they were that were on duty were only going to answer calls that were backup calls from other officers. Like, they're like, mm, see what, okay, see how that goes. Now, I don't know if that's true, but I wouldn't put it past it based on even seeing the behavior of the LAPD here and ganging up on a city council person who deigned to say that they needed $150 million less in their budget. Uh, so, you know. Which is a drop in the bucket. We have too many police officers, and they've done a lot of studies, and I don't want to get this quoted here, but um, on when arrests happen and when police brutality and stuff like that happens. Overtime. Or, like, unlawful. Yeah, overtime. overtime. It's all about overtime. End so it's like, shift. come on now. Come on yeah. now. Y- y'all well, looking for a brown person at the, y'all like, oh, it's uh, 445. Let's find but a hey, black. But, like, look, what? but Lacey, we got to respect the scam, right? Because the uh, cops make so much <laughs> money on the overtime that they go, okay, what? Well, my shift's done in 30 minutes. I'll See, bust someone for some stupid shit, be caught in there. Because the, the protests already cost, cost the city $40 million in overtime from the yeah. protests. And that's because the cops wouldn't pull up until, like, right when it's about to be sundown, like 6 o'clock. That's when the cops would pull up in full force. But mm-hmm. before that, they were riding around Beverly Hills where there was no one trying to look tough. In yeah. fact, I saw a cop on one of those things because, you know, on the uh, SUVs, they'll have, like, 10 of them hanging on the outside in SWAT gear. Right. And we saw them driving by. There's just two of us because we're leaving the protest. It was peaceful. It was BLM. And they turn around and look at us. And one is staring so hard that he almost falls off the truck. And we point at him <laughs> like children and laugh. <laughs> there was a dude who did fall off the truck. I don't know if you saw that viral clip where there was, like, an officer on the side of a Suburban and it took a turn a little too hard and whipped him right off. And he was like, oh. Oh, wait up for me. Uh, Good. You hate to I, see it. I mean, I'm truly afraid. The only thing I, I don't care about that because like, nobody's going out. I, nothing happened in Atlanta yesterday where people were like, time to commit some crimes. It's all right. it's all fake. But I truly am terrified at some point that these cops are just going to start committing crime and acting oh, yeah. like the gangs that they are. I mean, well, they do. that's what 
Yeah, I know, but that's what I'm afraid of is that they don't come to work, they call in sick, and then they start perpetrating the crime, uh, you know, truly like a gang. I I believe they're a gang, too. Don't get me wrong. Well, no, I mean, there are even, like, the Banditos is, like, a very famous LAPD gang where they just do, they're on their own fucking, (laughs) that's a gang. Uh, But they just happen to have all the equipment. I have more respect for the banditos than I do most cops. Because at least if you're doing crime as a cop, you are committed to doing that said crime. Like, it, it's all the police officers who are out here just harming people. Like, if you're getting paid off by mobs to keep their drug money a secret, like, at least you're doing some, like, fun, yeah. organized crime. Yeah, but, but if they're, you're just they're out busting here, too many black and brown heads, though. That's the her, problem. Yeah, okay. If you're just out here busting black and brown heads for the sake of it, that's I wish it. Like, I wish it was a fun, like, The Shield-type shitty cops right. who were just like... <laughs> No, no, no. These motherfuckers are just straight up trash. Well, uh, that's, that's why. Awful. I, I, yeah, that's why I, that. <laughs> I think a big a part of our job then, and I, it's going to take a lot of work, is even just changing the narrative with regular people from hero to like, at least you got to admit they're like not that great. I they're like, yeah. yeah. So if we could if we could just change, get rid of that hero bullshit, start charging them for their meals and stuff and saying, hey, at, they're a necessary evil. Because that's truly at the, at the most, I'll give you their unnecessary evil. But if you know, if we could change the narrative from all that hero bullshit, I mean, luckily they're doing they're their own worst <laughs> PR company. Right. They've so. been doing so bad. It's, also, cops don't stop crime. It's crazy that we've let them have that narrative you know, for so long. If people want to do crime, they're going to do crime. The police officers may come and intervene on crime that's happening, but they're not stopping it. So all that racial profiling and stuff that makes white people feel so good about their neighborhoods is not stopping crime. It's just harming right. people. That's why I think even the a concept of saying crime stopping is actually very disingenuous because we're not actually talking about the source of crime, which is yeah. lack of material resources, lack of opportunity, being destitute, being in a state of desperation. Mm-hmm. That's usually what happens to crime. When you because you look at anybody who has most of their needs met, they aren't really out there looking for trouble. Like they're not. It's just how yeah. that's just what happens because you're you have your needs met. But when exactly. you don't, it's very different. And but also, I mean, to be fair, we see billionaires whose needs are met, and yet they are still out here looking for more shit. So, right. I mean, like, but like, like billionaires would rob a Balenciaga if they're looting in their neighborhood. <laughs> right. Like, why oh, not? Yeah. Why oh, not? like that. Remember they caught those like white people like uh, going into like a REI or something. Uh, I think it was in Seattle or something. And they're like, "Excuse you, in your down vests? What the fuck are y'all doing? Running out of here with some Patagonia?" Anyway, all right, let's take another break, and then we'll be right back to talk about uh, Aunt Jemima. And we're back. And, you know, uh, if depending on what kind of news you read, you, you it, it could be a, a triumph. It could be a finally the moment has come or it could be described as, oh, my God, woke panic. Uh, but Quaker Oats has decided that Aunt Jemima just probably better. We don't we, we don't need that anymore. Don't need that brand anymore. Uh, they're just basically going to completely rebrand their pancake mix and syrup uh, because. Okay, so here, if you, if you didn't look at the bottle already and see the face of a slave or mammy type figure, then maybe you should keep listening. Uh, but for most people, we're like, what the fuck is this? But it has been existing for a long time. If you go on Breitbart, they fucking, they describe this shit, no surprise, woke panic. Quaker Foods to rename Aunt Jemima scrub logo to make progress toward racial equality. Now, 
Aunt Jemima started way back in the late 1800s, and it was named after a, an actual blackface minstrel show song. Um, and the company who first like put this mix together, these guys who had this like oh company, they hired a black woman who was a former slave herself. Her name was Nancy Green. Uh, this was in 1889 uh, or 1890 when they hired this woman to basically be their Aunt Jemima to be as like what they call a living trademark. Um, so they wanted this woman to be out there IRL, you know, hamming it up, shucking and jiving for people to be like, oh my God, isn't Aunt Jemima's fantastic? Um, now I know you guys are looking at the doc right now, but if at a certain point you should just look at the first logo of what Aunt Jemima's pancake flower look like. It is absurd. It is just a straight That's that up, minstrel face, right? It's oh, minstrel this is scene. terrifying. It's straight minstrelsy. It's nonsense. And the other thing too is when you consider the things like Aunt Jemima or Uncle Ben, these are things that are coming out of, you know, slavery where yeah. honorifics were not given to slaves. You would not call a slave Mr. Someone or Mrs. Something. You would say auntie or uncle as a way to just have some formality but not fully, you know, acknowledge their humanity. So already, even in the name, Aunt Jemima or Uncle Ben, it's a reference to this bygone era. And I think really all of this boils down to is that this whole thing was basically made to wean white people off of slavery. That's what it was. Um, when you have, you know, there was a time when it was very easy for people to hire black people as help in their homes and pay them very little and they would cook and clean and do all that for them. Uh, and then essentially, as people, as we got into the 50s and people were like, man, things could be easier. This whole thing is essentially this like it's a slave in a box because that's what it was doing. It was allowing middle class housewives who didn't have employees to say, you know what? Oh, this feels good. This nostalgia of a Aunt Jemima giving me these pancakes so I, the busy person, don't have to do that. It's just it, it's it's so intertwined with this stuff that it's amazing now that we're again, all this stuff is now coming to light. Right. And if you think that it's uh, ridiculous for them to remove this, it's just like the monuments of the Confederate, you know, uh, generals that we're getting rid of. And also it, it harkens back to reform versus abolishing. And this was in their minds a way to reform people's, you know, mindsets of like, oh, we can't own black people anymore, but that we can still feel like they work for us, right? And that's the same thing that happened with the police. Like, oh, it's not the slave patrol anymore, but they can still round up black people with no cause and jail them so that they can still support us, you know, by political gerrymandering. So it's like, it's all just ways that we've slowly cajoled white folks into like, oh, well, you can, we, we we have laws now that you have to see like black people as kind of human, but you can still see them as like <laughs> subhuman. Don't worry. Right. Like we got this, yeah. this pancake mix for your ass. And right. Uncle Mama syrup is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> they got They're going to change it now. I mean, the wild thing was too, there was even a, I didn't realize in Disneyland in the early sixties, there was an aunt Jemima's pancake house, like on main street. Where yeah 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 that was great that was crazy 1962 that wasn't even that long ago yeah where they had this woman dressed up going around singing songs to the white customers bringing plates of pancakes and these white people who are there as the customers are just sort of like reveling in this nostalgia of a time when you know black people were serving them with a smile on their face and not you know piping up for you know asking for equality or something it's really really dark and the photos of like this old Aunt Jemima's kitchen in Disneyland, it's really, really like it, it, it's unnerving is, is, is the lightest way I could describe it. Uh, but then there was an entire chain of Aunt Jemima's kitchen 
restaurants across the U.S. There was even one in Bristol, England, and one in Toronto, Toronto, eh? Um, and it was <laughs> essentially the same thing, you know, just a way to have people come back to this place of uh, easier times, I guess, for white people. Um, and it's just been such a, it's been just such a controversial figure uh, for many people, but especially black people, because it was so clear like what this meant, like what this was supposed who Aunt Jemima was, this idea of what Aunt Jemima was. So right. uh, good good on them for literally doing the bare minimum. Right. So <laughs> while we all, like, you know, I think many people will say this continually on this show, while, yes, uh, statues of slavers come down, Confederate flags are banned at NASCAR, Aunt Jemima is not really a brand, we'll see what happens with Uncle Ben, and so on. These are not victories, necessarily. No. These are just, this is just people doing what they should be doing. This should have happened. Yeah, exactly. This is long overdue. The things we're looking for is real, real systemic change, real change in how we are conducting business, real change in how we are interacting with each other, how we interact with communities that are in need, and how we help rehabilitate those communities. Because I think really, it, it's it's so funny, right? A lot of well-meaning liberals will like parrot this idea of rehabilitation before incarceration uh, when it comes to drug charges for people, you know, anybody in drug court. They'll say, you know what, we shouldn't just be throwing people who are addicted to drugs and committed crimes into jail. It's a terrible environment. We should try and first rehabilitate these people. And then I think the outcomes will be better. The fact that that same logic isn't applied to our communities is absurd to me because it's incarceration before rehabilitation every time. There's no there's no move to rehabilitate our communities. And that's what I think like, like we're all talking about. What are these what do we say? How do we present this? Is it more about defunding or is it about this or that? I think we have to get in touch with the humanity of it all. And we also need to say crime starts because we left people behind. So then if we want to solve crime, let's start, let's pull people up. Let's bring people up. Let's get them stable. And then we can begin having these other discussions. But until we do that, everything's moot. Everything doesn't make sense. Yeah. Well, this is, you know, America is about money. So that's, I mean, these are all tokens. You mentioned it. Yeah. They, these tokens, they're giving us their uh, banning chokeholds, which I thought was illegal already. Yeah. Uh, but they're taking out Aunt Jemima stuff. But when we'll see real change, when it starts affecting people's pocketbooks, when are we going to start paying uh, college athletes? A living right. wage, a hundred thousand dollars, stuff like that. This is the next level of change that we need to defund. Hey, let's cut that police budget in half. You know, see what you can do with a measly one point five bill, and yeah. uh, that then we'll take it from there. It feels like because our country never really wanted slavery to be over, and it was more of a political decision that Lincoln had to make. Um, we've given so many allowances for white folks to hold on to the hatred and the meaning of slavery because it was never abolished because it was sick and disgusting and depraved. And um, a lot of people like in the Holocaust and slavery, and I'm not going to say that they're exact same experience, but I want to make one clear point that when the Holocaust ended, you know, we saw like stringent reforms to like Nazi flags, paraphernalia, things that had to disappear along with that because they were reminders of those things. You know what I mean? And you've even mm -hmm. seen like the UK come down really hard on Nazi organizations. That girl who was in those Nazi pageants who recently got jailed for being involved with Nazi organizers, like they are making sure that this doesn't come back at least more than our country has and so our yeah. country has now been able to kind of dole out you know the reforms that they should have given us immediately 
when slavery was abolished. And now people are like, oh, well, this is just woke propaganda. It's like, no, these are things that should have went away with slavery because they mm. are entities of it. They are reminders and they are support systems that allow for white supremacy to fester in the hearts and minds of old and young people alike. Because everyone thinks the newest generation of white folks is going to be better and different. But I can tell you, my, my sister is in high school. And when she was a child, her neighbors were racist towards her. Her high school classmates are racist towards her. They make fun of her for having dark skin. It has hasn't gone away and this is you know 2020 so it's like they're still teaching their kids that and we still have too many like reminders in media and that reinforce white supremacy yeah true but right you know under mama ain't gonna fix systemic racism but you know <laughs> i'll take it but i also will be taking more than that <laughs> i mean i think yeah the america loves to do make it look like the work is being done without doing the work behind right. the scenes we're and scammers that's yeah um, and, and it's funny because in the UK, like it's the premier league, the soccer league started back up and all the players have black lives matter patches on their sleeves. They don't have names on their back. It says black lives matter. Like they don't even have their own names on their jerseys right now. And I was like, wow, look at them. But then also at the same time, I think these countries have conversations with each other where like the UK can be like, yeah, man, this, this George Floyd stuff is terrible. And it's like, okay, are we going to talk about your colonial history here? Okay. <laughs> right. Like, are we, no, 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 let's no. not. Let's not remember how we America even started, fam. Uh, no, 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 but, no, no. <laughs> but it's all you know. It's, it's it's day by day, day by day. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, so, you're right. We don't we don't talk about how atrocious slavery is. It's so funny when you bring up slavery to to like a Republican. They they'll just talk about the history of slavery in the world. I'm like, damn fool! I didn't even know you were studying this shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, Steve, uh, thank you so much for coming on the daily. Always Zeitgeist. a pleasure. Great, great hanging out with you too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where can people find you and follow you? You find me at Big Hern on Twitter, Hernia on Instagram. Uh, f- go listen to my three podcasts. My movie podcast called Views from the Vista with Zed Kutzinger on Ernesto. Uh, my religion ethics podcast is called Who's Your God with Amy Miller. And then my horny news podcast is uh, called The Male Gaze with Brody Reed, Alan Strickland Williams, and Zed. So go on and check out all those uh, and uh, you'll have a good time. Hey, and is there a tweet that you like? Yeah. Um, have you guys, you guys know who Larry, Kil- have you had Lori Kilmartin on the show? Yeah, we had Lori on once and her entire Twitter account has been breaking my heart the last week yeah i mean she's she i think people need to start talking about laura kilmartin as like one of the great stand-up comics she's been a writer at conan for years she's an amazing killer uh club comic like she comes out to the chatterbox and just destroys the room real quick uh a bunch of working class mexicans and then walks out but uh her mom has been dying she wrote a great book about her dad dying a couple years ago but her mom has been dying and she finally passed away yesterday. Oh. But uh, her, yeah, I mean, but she's been tweeting jokes yeah, she has. the whole time. Yeah. She's been tweeting jokes throughout the whole time while she'll tweet like the name of the song. They're playing the mom as she dies and everything. And it, so it's just beautiful. She, uh, but I love this thing. Finally, uh, this she put this out right after her mom died. She said, when dad died, we kept his body an extra day. We sat with dad's body curled up around dad's body, watched the Oscars with dad's body. It was so healing. Mom's body is still contagious. Her mom died of COVID. Mom's body is still contagious, so we can't sit with it. But if any Memorial Weekend beachgoers want to hang out with it, that's fine by me. (laughs) 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 But yeah, I mean, it's to me, Uh, there are some comics, you know, we know a lot of people who are in comedy 
because they want to get famous. They want jobs and shit. But like real comedy comes from such a place of pain and heartbreak uh, that I, I think she is just I think Lori Kilmartin, you have to talk about her. One of the top 10 comedians of all time. If you're not familiar with her, get familiar with her. But follow her on Twitter. She's a, she's a great joke writer. So funny. So human. She really is. I don't know her, yeah. but I've actually been following her tweets, I think, because I saw you retweeting them and stuff. So then I was on a deep dive on her page and she's so brilliant. So, yeah. Condolences oh, to man. you. Yeah. And it's I mean, it was really I mean, through her tweets and even her like how human she was being like it really brings home how powerless you feel to have a loved one dying of this, you know, of covid. And you can't be near them. And you're just sort of watching your mother through an iPad. Uh, yeah, it's I, I think if anything, like if, if you didn't if you don't want to take shit seriously, reading something like that really will have you considering like your safety and what, you know, what potential risk you could be posing to other people. So it's wild, though. People still acting like this shit is over, which is <laughs> super. I, I guess like humanity has like the space to hold like two things going on at once. And then you right. have like a third or a fourth. That, ugh, but I'm just anyway, asking, please, please wear safe. masks, guys. Just please yeah. keep wearing masks. And also don't sit in a restaurant, guys. That's a very easy place to catch it. The longer you sit in one place in closed doors without the windows open or anything, like it's a place that you can catch it. So just like yeah. if you got to go to the restaurant, I don't know, eat outside, <laughs> like please. Yeah. <laughs> or be like, hey, can I have my plate on the curb? Right. <laughs> Curbside? No, literally. Yeah. I would like cutlery and glasses. Yeah. And I got my own table. I have my own TV tray. I just need Bring the, your own I, table. I, yeah. Bring my own table, but I need the tablecloth and everything else. Uh, Lacey, thank you so much for hosting today. Uh, where can people find you and follow you and support you? And what's a tweet that you like? Yes. Thank you so much for having me, Miles. I love being here. It's so good to see you, Steve. This is yeah, great. Um, you guys can find me, as always, at D-I-B-A-L-A-C-I Diva Lacey on all platforms. If you like scam, and comedy you can listen to scam goddess podcast um on any of those apps that you listen with your ears at and a tweet that i've been enjoying is um and this one's for you steve because it's kind of a horny tweet um i hate slow sex if you don't just knock the mario coins out of this box (laughs) (laughs) and that comes from soph on twitter uh Uh, sophia ruiz love it love it uh, you can find me, follow me, Twitter, Instagram, at Miles of Gray, and even on uh, PlayStation Network. And also on my other show, 420 Day Fiance, talking about that trash reality show, 90 Day Fiance. And uh, this week, we're not going to be having a little Netflix review. It just feels so wrong as a substitute teacher. Plus, I don't know where y'all can watch some of these blooper videos online, because that's probably what I would talk about. Uh, so this week, uh, watch whatever you want, uh, it, but make sure it's something healthy. Uh, okay. Uh, okay, now, what's the tweet that I like? Let me see. Um, okay, this one is from at handsome and heavy. Uh, it's just a quote tweet about the officer who shot and killed Richard Brooks being charged with felony murder, and he says, violence and burning shit down is 3-0 and right now. Uh, although we still need Breonna Taylor's uh, murderers also arrested. And... I don't know. I have a feeling something as at the time of this recording may be happening in Louisville, but I'm not quite sure yet. But yes, uh, there's still justice is still out there to be sought and we will keep seeking it. You can you can put your money on that. Uh, and then another tweet is from at bug posting. It says, just remembered a few years ago, a couple miles away from where I lived, a cop shot up his own cruiser and sent the entire town into a lockdown while a manhunt ensued because he wanted 
He wanted other cops to talk about how he was a hero and not about how he was dating a high schooler. Oh. Okay. Uh, you can find the Daily Zeitgeist at Daily Zeitgeist on Twitter, at the Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. Uh, we got a Facebook fan page. We got a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where I post our episodes and our footnotes. Footnotes? Um, we can find this episode and the songs that we just cruise out on. This one is going to be, this is a Viber, okay? This is from uh, Kwame, or actually, well, his artist name is spelled Emok, but it's Kwame backwards, but it's Emok, so E-M-A-W-K. And this is a track with a producer named Hans uh, called Ambivalence. And he's just got a great voice. The production on this is super dope and like easy to listen to. Um, and you know, that's all we need, things that will soothe our ears. Uh, so yeah, we'll catch y'all a bit a little bit later. Catch y'all bit a little bit later. No, we will catch y'all a little bit later for some trends. Uh, other than that, take care of yourselves. Love y'all, bye. Yeah. Oh,